Impact everywhere. Brendan Earn may not be a superhero, but he's still helping create a more sustainable future, one portfolio at a time. As director of portfolio management at Personal Capital, a forward-thinking digital wealth management service, he's contributing to a revolution in sustainable, socially conscious investing. His goal? To ensure everyday investors have access to the transformational impact of an investment portfolio aligned with their values. So, Brendan, I just want to start this podcast off by saying a big thank you for being with me here today. Yeah, absolutely. Nice to join you, Avery. So let's jump into the first question. And the first question I have for you is that statement that I said, right? That that highlights what you do, but it's not the depth of who Brendan is. So the question I have is explain a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and why you believe you're an impactor. Sure. So we'll start with who I am, which is um, a fairly loaded and, and existential question. Um, so I don't know if I've ever tried to describe myself in a, in a few sentences, but I, I guess I could start by saying I'm a Pacific Northwesterner at heart. Uh, I grew up in the Seattle area where I've always kind of had a love for the outdoors and, and nature for that matter. And I would say I'm even an avid uh, nature photography enthusiast to, to this day. Um, but I moved down to the Bay Area about 17 years ago where I've spent the entirety of my career in financial services. Um, as you mentioned, I, I work for a company called Personal Capital, where I'm the director of portfolio management. Um, and in recent years, my primary focus has been on social responsible investing. So um, how did that all start? Um, well, you know, it started, you know, kind of in the beginning, as I mentioned, uh, with just that love of the outdoors and nature. So I've always kind of had an affinity for the environmental side of things. And then being in the Bay Area, I guess you could say, um, you know, when you think about climate change, uh, a, a lot of people view it as this long-term kind of intangible uh, thing or threat that's looming. I, I would say in the Bay Area in particular and in California, it's very tangible. It's very real. I mean, we've had some devastating wildfires. Um, I've seen some smoky skies that are some of the oddest skies I've ever seen in my life uh, here. And so, you know, it's just, a, it's a very real thing. And so this has just become somewhat of a of a personal uh, endeavor for me is, is to try to kind of have a positive impact, not just on the environment, but you know, on social issues as well um, within the investing space. So how am I making that impact? Well, I think there are kind of two sides to that coin. Uh, being a personal capital, I mean, my primary goal uh, and really the goal of the entire company has been to improve the financial lives of as many people as we can. And, and I think we're doing that. And that means helping people gain financial clarity uh, as to where they sit in their financial lives and ultimately achieve financial independence. So, so that's really the first side of the coin where I think I'm, I'm having a positive impact. And it, it does feel a little awkward to self-proclaim yourself as an impactor, but, but I do believe that, that I, I have a positive impact. Um, and then the second side of that coin comes in the form of social responsible investing. As I mentioned, you know, that's been my, my focus for, for more of the last few years. Um, so from this perspective, you know, I'm able to help people achieve financial independence in the same exact way while also helping them invest towards a more sustainable future. You know, we really take a two-prong approach, um, both exclusionary filtering as well as inclusionary filtering, filtering excuse me. Um, so on the exclusionary side, and this is also referred to negative screening, this is the uh, area where 
we'll allow investors, we, we proactively remove categories uh, from the portfolio that are more controversial um, or that may have a more negative impact. So things like, you know, tobacco or, um, you know, small arms or even the energy sector for that matter, um, just due to its heavy reliance on fossil fuel extraction. And we offer our clients, you know, the ability to, um, you know, pull out whatever they view as, you know, not in line with their values as well. So that's the negative screening, but we also do inclusionary screening. And this is where we're proactively seeking out companies that are better managing environmental, social, and governance issues. Um, so this is commonly referred to as ESG. I don't know if you ever heard that term uh, in the market before, but um, e, the E in ESG stands for environmental, and, and that incorporates things like uh, companies with greenhouse gas reduction programs or renewable energy projects. Um, the S might be things such as um, workplace diversity uh, or even you know, safe working conditions. Whereas the G might be things like, you know, executive compensation, um, board independence, things of that matter, and the governance side of things. Um, so the way we approach that is we take a best in class approach. And so we're selecting individual stocks that on average are near the 90th percentile on these ESG metrics, these uh, environmental, social, and governance factors that companies are scored on. Um, and just to provide an idea, you know, relative to like a comparable U.S. stock universe, our holdings score better on things like carbon intensity, diversity, data privacy, uh, you know, and even we have about a third more women on boards for the companies that we select. So, you know, really, those are kind of the core areas where I feel I'm having a positive impact, but I also feel like I'm helping others have a positive impact uh, through their investment portfolios. So I'm curious about this fact as well, the idea of building pressure for positive change. I mean, investors have put, you know, a record $51 billion, which is just crazy, $51 billion into sustainable investments in 2020. And 77% of institutional investors say they plan to stop buying non-ESG products altogether. So explain yes. to me a little bit more about what it means to build that pressure for positive change and why it is important and more important than just looking at, let's say, a balance sheet. Yeah, so so that it's a great point that this whole side of investing has become this uh, kind of wonderful self-fulfilling uh, you know cycle where that pressure builds because such a large kind of pool of capital is now only targeting companies that are better managing sustainability and environmental issues and social issues. Um, it's just going to encourage more and more companies to start reporting on these metrics. And if they start reporting on these metrics, they're going to actually have to start making progress towards those metrics, like reducing greenhouse gases and you know improving their workplace diversity. And so there's there's heavy heavy momentum uh, you know in the kind of business side of things as far as um, you know driving change and that positive change. So I think that's a great thing. Um, and there are a couple you know reasons I think that this is gaining such momentum and. You know, I think the first is a, is a simple one. I mean, it's based on values, right? It's just, it's doing what's right. There's a growing consensus, you know, among society that businesses need to be more responsible stewards of the environment, uh, of their employees, as, as well as their communities. But the second reason why I think impact is becoming so crucial to businesses is that it can actually affect financial results by better managing and addressing environmental, social, and governance issues a company can actually improve its bottom line. Think of an industrial manufacturer as an example. By reducing their water and energy footprint, not only you know, do they have a more positive impact on the environment, 
they also lower their cost of capital and that flows directly into earnings. This is a point that I think a lot of people miss, but it's really been picked up heavily in the institutional world, which is why I think you're starting to see such strong momentum. Um, but the same can be said for social issues. Businesses that do right by their employees, they're in a better position to retain top talent. And those with more diverse workforces, particularly at the board level, have been linked to greater levels of innovation and financial performance. And I think that's the key point here is that there's a large amount of research and studies out there that are coming to the same conclusion. Companies that are better managing and addressing these types of issues have been shown to produce stronger financial results. So, you know, impact definitely needs to be a huge consideration for all businesses, uh, you know, as we move forward. It's not just to improve the world around us, you know, but it's also to improve their competitive edge. And so I think that's a key point. So explain to me this phenomena of socially responsible investing, right? The SRI boom. What does that mean? Why is this important? And how can this, you know, explosion of socially responsible investing help create even better gains for investors? Yeah. So, I mean, I think a lot of the reasons for why you're seeing the momentum or, you know, some of the uh, points that I just, just highlighted, I, I think, you know, that demand really started in the institutional world here in the United States it really grew. It was kind of, you know, Europe was the pioneer in this, on this front. And, uh, they still are. Um, it's very heavily used over there today. And then it migrated over into the institutional world here in the US. And it's kind of been filtering down. It went from institution into kind of the, the ultra high net worth family offices. And then now you're starting to see a lot of more retail, just average retail investors want to get on board because this is just such a great way to align your portfolios with your values. And again, there are potential benefits. And so, like I mentioned, uh, you know, the companies that you can invest in are making positive impact and they can do so while also positively impacting their bottom line. And I will say one other hurdle that, you know, has kind of prevented people from investing this way in the past is there's always been this hesitation around SRI that, you know, when you think about investing more sustainably, people think, well, I don't want to have to actually sacrifice my performance in order to invest this way. Well, the good news, and I think, again, why we're seeing more momentum in this space is that in recent years, there's just been a large amount of research that is dug into this. And there's just an extensive amount that shows sustainable investing can at least, at minimum, match performance of traditional investing. And in fact, a growing number of studies are starting to suggest that social responsible investing might even lead to better performance over time. So I think that's a key point. So if performance doesn't have to suffer, I mean, why would you not want to invest in a way that creates a more positive impact? And so for people listening to this podcast today, they're obviously looking to, you know, make an impact in the world. But what would your advice be for them to begin building that impact, to begin building their own impact in the world? Yeah, you know, it's, it's a great question. And, you know, it seems like it's such this, this huge thing when you think about it, uh, you know, that way. But I, I think my advice would be start small. Uh, you know, you don't have to be the next Greta Thunberg to have a positive impact in society. I mean, case in point is what we're talking about today, your investment portfolio. That's a great way to start making an impact that doesn't require a tremendous amount of time and resources. Um, so how does an investor do this with their portfolio? Well, I, I think there are kind of two camps. The first is those that want to do it themselves. These are the ones that want to go out and pick the investments themselves and invest in them and just do it all on their own. So that's the first camp. And then the second camp is you can hire a professional. So we'll kind of address both of those. In the do-it-yourself camp, I would say 
it can be a little difficult for an individual investor uh, to spend the time and resources to build a portfolio of individual stocks. And so, you know, for this reason, if this is your path of choice to do it yourself, I'd recommend looking at diversified low cost funds and ETFs to which there really is a fast growing number of choices out there. Uh, you know, Morningstar is a great site to go to if you want to filter and try to find some available options there. They even rank um, funds based on their sustainability. So um, good resource there. And then I would just say this, if you're going to choose this approach, is that make sure you look under the wrapper before investing. And that's because Many of those most popular funds out there can be heavily concentrated in single sectors of the market, like technology, for example. Um, I mean, you, you want exposure to technology. You just don't want more than a third of your portfolio in it. So you need to maintain that diversification. Now, the only th other thing to keep in mind is that funds and ETFs cannot be customized. So you won't be able to remove any categories you want to avoid. But the pros here are easy to implement uh, and low cost. So, you know, there are some uh, reasons why to do this. And then the second choice is professional management. And, and this is obviously where, you know, I, this is what I do for people. So this is generally where I, I would steer them, but there's, there's a reason, you know, despite the fact that there might be slightly higher costs, there, there are a number of advantages. Um, and that is, you know, the ability to use individual stocks. because you have, you know, a professional team of, you know, analysts and portfolio managers that can look into that information for you. Um, you can better customize it to your values, right? If you don't want to own Walmart, for instance, you can't, remove that from a fund or ETF if you buy that, um, but you can if with a portfolio of individual stocks. It also offers you know, better opportunities for uh, tax management and just professional advice. And so I, I would leave this question with you know, one comment and that is that you know, if you're looking to hire a professional um, and you work with a professional already, just make sure to ask. Ask what they have available in this space. I think there's this common disconnect in the industry between the professional kind of investment managers, as well as the, the clients, the investors, and that professional managers often think, well, if I don't have a lot of people asking for it, I don't need to have an offering in this space. There's just no demand, but that's just not true. I think most individual investors just have not asked or don't know how to ask or what questions to ask. So I would just say, approach whoever you're working with and say, you know, what do you have in the SRI space for social responsible or sustainable investing, um, as well as, you know, ESG, these are all kind of synonymous together. And to be honest, um, they should have an answer for you. I, I think with how fast this industry is growing, every, every money manager out there should probably have a social responsible offering. So if they don't, you know, it, it might be worth um, checking your other options just to see what else is out there. But um, those would, that, that would be what I would say is probably the, uh, the best approach, in my opinion. So, Brendan, I just want to end this podcast uh, by saying what I said in the beginning, a big thank you for spending time with me today to talk about this and the importance of, you know, socially responsible investing and what it means to build pressure for positive change. Yeah, absolutely. It's been been a pleasure to be here. <laughs>